Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Say, wake up. Wake up. You ain't got time to lose. Amen? Wake up from sleep because now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. That means that Jesus is right on the cusp of his return. Verse 12, the night is nearly over. Thank you, Lord. And the day is near. So let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Discard the deeds of darkness. Let us walk with decency as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual impurity and promiscuity, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't make plans to gratify the desires of the flesh. Father, thank you for your word. It is a light to a path, a lamp to our feet. I pray that you would anoint my words, Lord, today. Tonight, Lord, that you would speak to us in power and might, Lord, and that your freedom would come, that your blessing will come in the knowledge that we have in you, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So what are you wearing today? Right? Seasonal garments, a lot of times, it was, you know, when it was hot outside, we didn't wear jackets. Right? For the whole summer, you know, I didn't, we didn't wear suits. Although in Eagle River, we have AC, praise Jesus. Um, it was hot, but um, you dress for the occasions a lot of times, right? Our activities, lifestyles, lifestyle dictate how we dress. You know, we have casual dress, professional dress, leisure dress. You don't show up for work wearing a bathing suit, right? Amen. Hopefully not. You know, we have a we have a business, and uh, uh, we it's a service business, and one of the contracts that we acquired a few years ago. Um, that's what was one of their complaints, that the previous company, their employee showed up, and, and she was wearing, like, a bikini top. And, um, yeah, don't do that. You have to dress appropriately, right? You know, <laughs> uh, oh, I'm going to go there. Pajamas in public, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, in Brazil, we dress, I know I'm, I was born in Brazil, you know, and, uh, like, in Brazil, you do not go out, you know, out in public, you know, um, in pajamas, Hallelujah. Like, I remember I went to the movies with my cousins there. We were visiting one time, and everybody was dressed up. And I was like, whoa. There was this lady, like, in stilettos and, like, during the line to the movies. And I'm like, man, wow, I, I like the American way, too. Praise Jesus. But we have to dress appropriately depending on the occasion. Amen? And as believers, our clothing should be Christ himself. We should be Put on the Lord Jesus. Everywhere we show up, here comes Jesus. Do you know that, some, you know, some people, the only Jesus they'll ever see is you? Right? And as believers, our clothing must be the Lord. So what you clothe yourself with will either hinder or enable your purpose. Amen? And our whole goal is to be like Jesus. Every single one of us. If you're a believer, we should be like Jesus. Right? As awesome as our pastors are, as awesome, you know, as um, you may be, our goal is to be like Jesus. Amen? In Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, And he himself gave 
some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Who the saint? I the saint. That's right. If you are in Christ, if you're not in Christ, we can remedy that by the end of the service. Hallelujah. Equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. And verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. What does that mean? That you are growing to the place where you are more and more like Jesus. Amen? Every single one of us, like, well, but I'm not a pastor. Yeah, but you still have to be like Jesus. Right? You have to be like Jesus with your husband. You have to be like Jesus with your spouse. Hey, by the way, encounter, ladies or men, send your wives. Amen? God will do great things. You know, I had somebody, one of the ladies in Eagle River, um, you know, her husband came to the men's encounter, and, um, and she said, man, my husband came home a new man. I'm like, praise the Lord. That is the whole purpose why we do encounters, right? Radical transformation. So husbands, encourage your wives, you know, to go to that encounter because as we, we need to grow and be more like Jesus. Amen? So clothe yourself with Christ. That word there, clothe yourself, how do you do that, right? It's, it means to put on, to sink into a garment, to invest with clothing. It is not just throwing on, you know, anything. It is, it's, it's different. You are investing with clothing. It's, it's, a, uh, it's, it's an array of clothing. Webster's um, 1828 online dictionary says, to clothe, to dress, to put on garments, to array. There's thought going into it. There's purpose for the clothing that we're wearing. The clothe, to clothe with office or authority. To place in possession of an offense, rank or dignity. As to invest a person with a civil office or with an ecclesiastical dignity. It is dressing purpose on, putting on purpose. You're putting on Jesus Christ. It will affect how you act. It will affect what you do. How many of you, if a police officer tells you to stop, you stop your car? Why is that? Because they are invested with authority. Invest with authority. Amen. When you put on Christ, guess what you're invested with? Authority. With power. Right? Demons ain't got nothing on you when you're invested with Christ. Now, if you're invested in your flesh... And whatever you want to do, that's a different story. But when you're invested with Christ, he'll help you. He'll direct you. He'll empower you to do what you cannot do right now. That is very important. Listen closely. We're, we're getting somewhere. The sense in which we put on Christ or clothe ourselves with Christ is for purpose. It is a sense of putting Christ on spiritually, right? Because we don't put, like, people on, right? That's... <laughs> Anyway, much like you would put on specialized gear, right, for different activities. You know, the gear you wear enables you to do things that you otherwise wouldn't do without the gear. Amen? Like, I wouldn't go rollerblading without a bubble suit. That is, you know, the truth. You know, my, my children have, you know, skateboards, and, you know, every so, every so often I'll put my foot one, and I'll be just like, yeah, I ain't putting the other foot up. Been there, done that, you know. I love Pastor Daniel, and um, he's awesome. We love you, Pastor. We miss you. 
He's online. And um, I remember one time, uh, Minister Chris Diamond, I don't know, I mean, if you haven't, he's, uh, they moved out, out, out um, a while ago. He brought his uh, longboard in. You know, he had his longboard at the office. And Pastor Daniel was like, hey, man, let me try that out. I'm like, uh, like, I would not do that. But he's wearing, like, his, you know, preaching shoes, you know, nice leather shoes. And he gets on that thing, and he's like, I'm like, man, he's so cool. <laughs> it would have been a different story had I been on there. Hallelujah. If you don't know Pastor Daniel, get to know him. He's a great man of God. And, um, but what we wear will enable us to do. It's like when you put on Christ, it's like putting on specialized gear, right? Like the Iron Man suit, but on a different level. You know, Tony Stark is a selfish billionaire until he puts on a suit of armor that gives him almost supernatural ability. He can fly, he can shoot, he can defend people. And then his whole life changes where he, you know, ends up um, sacrificing himself Right? Not that Tony Stark is Jesus. No, no. That, take that out of your mind if that's what you're thinking. But I'm saying it's like putting on something that enables you to do what you cannot do right now. There are things that you will never be able to do unless you put on Christ. There are battles that you're not going to win. You're not going to have the victory unless you put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We're selfish, regular folk. Unless you're, you know, a billionaire, then you're a selfish billionaire too. Until you put on Christ, right? You are enabled to do what you were previously unable to. It is an enablement that comes from the Lord, right? You're able to be kind. You're able to be generous. You're able to smile. You have joy no matter what you're going through when you put on Christ. If you truly want to live you have to put on Christ. Say, put on Christ. Without Jesus, Christ is, is empty. Or without Jesus Christ, life is empty. Whew. Hallelujah. Romans 7, 24 and 25 says, what a wretched man I am. This is the Apostle Paul. And he says, who will rescue me from this body of death? And he says, thanks be through God. Hallelujah. To God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself am serving the law of God, but with my flesh, the law of sin. Romans 8, no, continuing on. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. In verse seven, in chapter 7, he's talking about how, you know, there's that war of doing the right thing and wanting to do, you know, what is not right. It's like, oh, who's going to set me free from this? Christ Jesus will. Hallelujah. He will enable you to have victory over those things that have been plaguing your life. Amen. Those things that have been, been hindering you. You will overcome them, every single one of them, if you put on Christ. If you put on Christ. Hallelujah. When you put on Jesus, you're enabled to do different things you were not previously able to. Did I say that before? Yeah, because it's true, and there's a reason. I want you to get that in your heart. When you put on Jesus, you're going to do things that you were unable to do before, like serve God righteously and grow in your knowledge of God and go, grow in righteousness. Now, I remember when, I, you know, when we first went to Eagle River, we started at a life group at our house, and people started coming. The Philomones were uh, one of the original families there, and God has begun to you know, use them. They're growing in the Lord. 
But we began, and we had teams that would come to do worship. Because, you know, I wasn't going to do worship. Mm-mm. I played a little bit of guitar, very rusty, but I, I mean, not enough to lead people into worship. So I thought, right? So we had teams that would come from here. You know, we're one church, many locations. We are the most amazing church in the world. That is our belief. So uh, praise God. There, not that there aren't other great churches. If you're watching your line from a different church, you know, praise Jesus. Serve at your church. But, you know, I think our church is awesome. And we had teams that would come. And then, you know, we had some changes. And they couldn't come anymore. So who had to do worship? Somebody. Right? It was either going to be YouTube or me. You're right. You're right, lady. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I, I, would, I bought a guitar, you know, off of Craigslist for like 100 bucks. I didn't know how to calibrate it right. The strings were like super extra heavy strings. They're like, you know, ships, ship ropes. And it would just like destroy my hands. And I remember I would practice. I would sweat. Oh, God, I have to sing too. I mean, like I sing, but I don't sing. I don't, I don't Toby sing. Right? I don't, I, I don't, I don't know Miss D sing. I don't, I don't any of these singers sing. I sing. Praise Jesus. Right? We worship the Lord. But um, I'm like, I got to do it. Right? I got to do it. So I started praying, you know, playing and practicing. And I would practice so much, my hands would get so, you know, I was not used to playing guitar. They got so, like, you know, um, hurting. And my fingers, you know, blisters on my fingers because, you know, the calluses hadn't built up yet. It takes, you know, a few months for you to build up some good calluses so that you can play for prolonged times. And I would do three songs. I would do three songs, and I'd be sweating bullets trying to do it. And I would practice, like, right before I tried to practice as much as I could. And then by the time it was time to play, my hands were cramping, and, you know, and I couldn't um, do, you know. But you know what? I'm still going to do it. Because ain't nobody going to show up to do it if I don't do it. So guess what? I'm going to do it. God is going to help me. Amen. And as time went on, you know, <laughs> I like to say I became a better singer. But praise Jesus, I just sang more comfortably in front of people. <laughs> That's all that happened. Amen. And it's like, what are you going to, and it's like just one person on the mic. So it's not even like you can like fade out and just like. You can't lip sync when you're the only one singing, leading people in worship. But you know what? I'm like, I'm going to do this. I got no, no more fear, no more walking in fear, no more walking in rejection. What is that? That is putting on Christ. Amen. And he will enable us. You know, and then I'm like, oh, my God, people are worshiping. And I'm like, oh, my God, I missed my place. Where am I? And, and we do it. Why? Because God has called us for a purpose. Right? God has called us to reach Eagle River. And we're going to reach Eagle River. Eagle River is going to be saved. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. So put on Christ because it is he who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Philippians 2.13. There are some things that we don't want to do. But when you put on Christ, it's like, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> you just do it. God will help you. He will lead you. He will guide you. Yeah, you messed up, just keep going. Nobody's even going to notice anyway. Unless they're like super musically in tune, they're not going to notice. So I would just keep singing. I'm like, all right, just your voices now. <laughs> right? God will give you grace when you put on Christ, when you're walking in victory. Hallelujah. Everything we accomplish in the kingdom of God, though, has to be done through love. 
Everything we do, we do through love. Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Faith working through love. No love, then faith don't work. What does that mean, circumcision or no uncircumcision? Those, you know, the, the Jewish faith, you know, they, they did everything right. They were the people of God and all of that. They did everything right. But after Jesus came, you're saved by grace and not by the works of the flesh, right? It's by faith alone. So without love, faith doesn't work. Love is the key that unlocks faith. Hallelujah. Not to commercialize love, right? Flowers, heart-shaped chocolate, and sex. That's not the kind of love we're talking about. And there's nothing wrong with heart-shaped chocolates. I love them. Praise Jesus. Or flowers. However, sexual perversion is not love. It's sin. Fornication, what is that? Sleeping around if you're not married. Adulteries, you're married, you're sleeping with other people you're not married to. Pornography, homosexuality, it's, homosexuality is not love. It's perversion of what God, um, of what true love is. An actual love, you know, the agape, the love of God, is of the, you know, uh, it's defined as of the love with which God or Christ, in procuring human salvation, um, underwent sufferings and death. When used of love to a master, God or Christ, the word involves the idea of affectionate reverence, prompt obedience, grateful recognition of benefits received, unwillingness to abandon or do without. Love is actually its sacrifice, right? It's you stripping of yourself, stripping of, your, of what you want, of what you're expecting, of what your expectations are to build somebody else up. Our will, our feelings, to submit to God, right? I don't want to serve other people. I want to be served. But we serve God. If you're not serving God, you need to serve God. If you're a believer and you don't do anything for Jesus, repent. <laughs> do something for Jesus. Amen? Amen? Our will, our feelings, submission to God, complete vulnerability. Complete vulnerability. Jesus on the cross, that's love. Stripped, alone, beaten, completely vulnerable, barren, you know, bared before all humanity. That is love. That is a picture of love. The disfigurement that Jesus went on the cross was so that you and I was because of sin, right? He died so that our sins could be forgiven. Why can they be forgiven? Because he took our place. That's what sin will do to those who do not repent and turn around from it and receive the free gift of life. So love is when you strip yourself of your rights just like Jesus did for the well-being of another. Remember, faith works through love. Right? You have to love. Love one another. That is the fulfillment of the law, right? We just read that. You know, and um, you strip yourself of your rights like Jesus did for the well-being of another. And I'm not talking about the codependent, unhealthy deal. Amen? I'm talking about you, you surrender to God. Right? You surrender to, to do what you need to do to serve your neighbor, to love your neighbor. Amen? Instead of just, you know, sometimes you see there's like a little patch of grass and people mow their lawns and they just mow their own side. Like, just go a few more feet, you know, love your neighbor. It is only love when there's free will. That is true. 
So we, we have to love. It's in love that we put on Christ. If, there, if you don't love, you're not going to be able to put on Christ. Why? Because God is love. Jesus is the embodiment of love. We do it through love. So what does it mean to close yourself with Jesus Christ? One, you're going to walk in love. Not for yourself, but for the sake of others. Romans 13, 8 through 10. Let no debt remain outstanding except continuing debt of love to one another. For whoever loves has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, shall not steal, shall not covet. All those things are wrong, by the way. And whatever other command there may be are summed up in one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Who's your neighbor? Whoever is beside you right now. Or wherever you go, whoever is standing next to you, like, oh, I don't like them for what? Yeah, the Muslim, the Hindu, the homosexual, whoever it is, that's your neighbor. Whoever you're walking beside, that is your neighbor at any given time. Amen? So it is not just the person who lives next door. You got to love them too. Praise Jesus. Right? Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. We have to love. Colossians 3, 12 through 17 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, and gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive. Say forgive. That's part of loving. One another, as if you had, um, as any of you has a, new, a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Sounds like life groups. Amen? And verse 17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So clothing yourself with Christ means you will have compassion. Amen. You're not going to just look at people and look at different things and just be not, 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 not care anymore. You're going to have compassion. At the very least, you pray. At the very least, you call on the Lord. Amen. You're going to be kind. Like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm rusty. I'm Alaskan. You know, I'm, that's not how I roll. Well, you got to change. You got to be kind. You got to be kind, right? Treat others well. You know, in my family, um, we're vociferous. That means we're loud. And when something is important to you, you talk loud about it. And the more it is important to you, the more passionate you are about it, the more you raise your voice up. You know, my mom and dad would have, like, discussions, like, super loud. You thought they'd be fighting. But they were having, you know, I knew it was a conversation, and I'm like, and I would often say, like, why don't you guys just make up? You're going to make up anyway. Because I had seen that, you know, over and over. And I thought, oh, that's so sweet. Look at them. <laughs> right? So then I get married, and my wife is totally different. Their families, they're not, you know, um, well, they're not, they're not like our family. Right? And she was, care you know, her, her older brother was like her dad. And he was, he's very sweet. You know, he's very kind, and he's, he's got a very low voice. You know, not low, but he's just, he's a, he's, a, he's a super kind. He's a great guy. You don't want to mess with him, though. You don't want to mess with that guy. 
But he's very kind, he's very, especially to his little sister, right, baby sister. And she's like, you know, so that's what she expects. Now me, when I'm passionate about something, come on, we got to talk about this. It doesn't work. And I've just, it does not work. But we got to be kind. we got to be humble. Right? Humbleness is what? Not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. We've heard that many times. you got to be humble. You know what will help you keep humble? Keep you humble? Being humiliated. It's true. You know, I was, uh, I was mediating um, a situation where um, somebody, you know, children said something to another kid that wasn't nice, and that kid may or may not have belonged to me. So I was mediating, you know, and trying to, you know, I'm like, okay, this is, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to say. And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, yes. This is so embarrassing. I know. If you can't do the time, don't do the crime. You know, and they, you know, they went to that process, and it was humiliating. But it humbled that child. Amen? You have to be humble. Prefer others. 1 Corinthians 6, you know, talks about why not suffer loss? Why not suffer loss? Why do you have to come out on top every time? Can't believe they, you know, talk to me like that. Forgive. Let it go. Be humble. Be gentle. Say be gentle. Be gentle. Right? You have to be gentle. You have to be patient. What? Yeah, I know. You got to be patient. You have to bear with each other. What is that? That means put up. Long-suffering. Love is long-suffering, right? Not bear like Alaska bear. You got to put up with people. You put up with one another. Thank God that my wife puts up with me. You know, but I love her, man. But she, she, don't, she puts up with me, but she doesn't allow for nonsense. Amen? So, you know, she ain't no... No, no carpet or anything like that. She's like, you need to check your attitude, buddy. You can't talk to me like that. Don't you ever talk to me like that again. I may or may not have heard things like that before. Right? But you put up with one another. God will help you. He will strengthen you. When you have Jesus Christ, you are enabled to do things that you were not able to do before. Amen? Thank God. Because we're still married. Hallelujah. You got to forgive like God forgave you. What do you mean like God forgave you? No strings attached. Full forgiveness. You ask for forgiveness. You, re you mean it. You truly repent. You're forgiven. Wow. Same thing. No holding grudges. No, no keeping cards in the back pocket to pull out at the right moment. No, you forgive and you let go. It doesn't mean that it's okay that whatever happened, whatever the grievance was that grieved you was okay that it happened. When you forgive, you are letting yourself go from that pain, letting yourself go from whatever happened. You have to forgive. As a matter of fact, the Scripture says that if you do not forgive, your Father who is in heaven will not forgive you also. So walking in love, putting on Christ, you're going to be a forgiver. Say, I'm going to forgive. You are. You're going to be at peace. That's one of the most beautiful things about God is that when you put on Christ, you're walking with him. You're walking in love. You have peace that passes understanding. 
You're going to say, I don't understand why I have peace right now, but I have peace. Wow, this is amazing. Yeah, that's the life of a believer. Amen? You have to be thankful. Don't complain. Listen, don't complain. Don't allow bitterness in your life. Forgive, let go, and be thankful. You know, when, you, when things start messing up with you and you're like, man, I can't believe this, can't believe Stop. And just begin to give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for that person. Hallelujah. Preach the message of Christ. Preach the gospel. We are saved for one purpose. We are reconciled to God, and we are given, the Bible says, the ministry of reconciliation. That is what? That is bringing back together those who were once apart. So be God, God saved you. He forgave you. He blessed you. You got to do the same for somebody else. You have to be an agent of change for somebody else and bring forgiveness and bring blessing and be patient with people and be long-suffering. And God, amen, brother, and God will help you. So how do we do all that? Man, that's like a big list, right? How do we put on Christ? How, how is that done? In Luke 24, 49, there's an amazing verse that says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in Jerusalem, in the city of Jerusalem, or tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, until you be endued with power from on high. Say endued. Endued with power. What does that mean? What does that word endue mean? It is the same word in the Greek as put on Christ. So you put on Christ the fullness of what God has called you to do when you're filled by the Spirit of the Lord. Tonight is Holy Ghost night, and let me tell you, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit walk, work, working in your life, guiding you, directing you. He will lead you in all truth. Man, God has, um, the Spirit of God has helped me from so many stupid decisions. Hallelujah. It's the same word to clothe, to clothe yourself to Christ, Christ and do and you do it by stripping yourself of you through true love, through loving, and allowing God to dress you with himself by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how you are, that's how you put on Christ, by submitting to God, letting go of everything that you, letting go of all the things of this earth and putting on Christ. You have to yield to the Spirit and be clothed with power from on high. Matthew 16, then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That is how you put on Christ. You deny yourself. You take up the cross, and you follow Jesus. Hallelujah. John 14, 15 and 18, if you love me, keep my commands. You follow Jesus. You keep his commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. 2 Corinthians 1, 21, 22 says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. You need the Holy Ghost. There's a meme on Facebook that says, you know, 
you know, do you need Holy Ghost to be saved? And he says, brother, you need Holy Ghost to go to Walmart. And that is God's honest truth, really. The power of the Holy Spirit, God has, has gifted on us. All those who will come to him, if you will, if you will hear what the Spirit says to the church, if you will walk, if you will forgive, accept the gift that he has given you, that is there for you to take on. He will fill you. He will clothe you with himself. And he will empower you to do things that you were never able to do before. Hallelujah. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. Then the disciples went out, preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. It's amazing that in order for you to be close with the Lord, you need to yield yourself to God. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to possess you. The devil does that. He's not going to force you to do anything. But we have to work with him. We have to yield with him, to work with him, to read the word, do what the word says. If you love me, you will keep my command. It doesn't mean you're going to get it perfect all the time, but you're going to work at it. You're going to follow after God. You're going to pray. You're going to be in relationship with him. You're going to read your word. Amen. You're going to come to church, and that's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to be filled with the Lord. When you seek after him, you have to partner with God. You know, a lot of times you hear people saying, no, I'm just, you know, um, I'm waiting for God to do something great in my life. I'm waiting for God to do something great in my life. He's waiting on you to do something. I don't know what to do. Do something. Like, I don't mean like go rob a bank. I'm saying begin serving at church. If you want to, you know, like, I don't know what my purpose in life is, then come see pastor, one of our pastors, see one of our ministers. How can I help to serve? Are you serious? I am absolutely serious. Because when you begin to serve in the Lord, he begins to open up and give you open doors for you and your purpose becomes clearer and clearer and clearer as you're walking with the Lord. I remember one time when I was, um, um, you know, I, when I first came here, I, you know, I was backslidden. I wasn't following after the Lord. I had a plan to, you know, even go like totally off the reservation. And, um, and the Lord, you know, grabbed me back, restored me. And one of the first things, you know, that the Lord put in my heart, you got to serve. So I started serving. And I started serving and, you know, and the Lord uh, blessed me. And, you know, and Pastor said, hey, I want you to, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? And one of the things that I did, I was over our usher ministry. Listen closely. And, um, and I remember one time, you know, we had three services at the time as well. It was the 8 o'clock service, the, the, huh? The 10 o'clock service and then the 11 o'clock service, right? No. 12, right. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Um, and I remember I'm going home after third service and I'm like, you know, I'm driving by the property. At the time, the bar was, barn was still there. We lived the street behind there. Um, and I was praying. I wasn't even praying. I was like, man, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing? And, I, and this was my thought. I'm just like handing people envelopes, right? And I'm like, God, like what about all the promises that you have in my life? What about all the things that you said you were going to do, right? What about all those things in the word that you talked about? And the Lord spoke to me and he says, why don't you just be faithful with what I gave you to do now? 
Oh, oh, well, Jesus, <laughs> why don't you just be faithful with, can you come please? Why don't you just be faithful right now? Why don't you become the best usher there is? That's an idea. Why don't you become a pastor at work instead of being a jerk? Because you're called to ministry, but you have, you know, you got you to be at your job right now. Like, oh, wow. Praise Jesus. And, you know, and I, I got rebuked by the Lord. And guess what I did? I forgot all, the, all those, not that I forgot those things. I put it on a shelf. I stored it in my heart like Mary, right? And I just started serving the Lord. I started having fun, you know, in our ushers. And I would just, you know, mess with people and, um, you know, like throw envelopes at people. And it was just, and it became fun. And I changed my attitude at work. And I began praying, God, release me fullness of my purpose. And I started serving the Lord, you know, serving the Lord at work. Oh, imagine that. And, um, you know, and God gave me opportunities to minister at different times to people at work, right? And God, and things began to change here. And then the Lord opened the door, you know, where we were fasting, praying, asking God, what are we going to do now? You know, um, or release me from my job, release me from my job, you know, so that I can serve fully. You know, we were, we were fully engaged. Every vacation that I took at work was because we were having an event. Like, I'm all in. I'm going to serve Jesus until I died. I found my people. Hallelujah. I love, I love our staff. You know, I came in here. I was angry, you know, when I first started coming to church. I'm like, I just want to punch him in the face. Then I'd look at him, and I'm like, man, these people are awesome. Minister Micah. Minister Micah used to do children's ministry when we first came in, and, he, you know, he had the bushy hair. I was like, what a nice guy. You know, Pastor Alex and, you know, um, and all the, all the team. And it's like, man, this is different. And, and I just started serving the Lord. And then, you know, finally the, the Lord, you know, we told Pastor Daniel, hey, you know, on this date, I'm going to be done at work. I, you know, I gave my resignation. And whatever we need to do, man, we're all in. And at one time in prayer, he said, what about Eagle River? I'm like, no, we don't want to move there. No thanks. But we'll pray about it. And lo and behold, God, you know, did things and, and changed. We started a life group. A life group grew. We moved into a different place. That's how the God's, that's how God do things. That's how God will do things in your lives. But you got to put on Christ. You got to put on Christ. You have to put on Christ. Well, how do I do that? How you get filled with the Holy Spirit? First and foremost, you must be a believer. If you're not a believer, that is not going to happen. Well, how do I do that? You repent. And you call them. If you all stand with me right now, if you say, man, I want to put on Christ, and you're not a believer, you call upon him. You call on the name of the Lord, and we're going to pray right now. And then, secondly, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Tonight is what? Holy Ghost night. We're going to pray for you. We're going to believe for you. The gift of the Holy Spirit is not reserved for just pastors. It's not reserved for just ministers. It's for every single one of us. And it's a gift of God. It's not something that you got to do. You got to partner with Him. Right? It's seen through. It's, it's um, expressed when you pray in tongues. Initial evidence is praying in the Holy Spirit. But if you believe God and you ask Him, He will give you the gift. It's like a gift. You partner with Him and He will fill you. So 
We're going to do two things right now. One, if you need to give your life to the Lord, you're not a believer, you're walking in sin, you don't remember the last, you know, you don't remember ever repenting of your sin and calling Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you need to do that. Amen? So right now, if that's you, you've never given your life to the Lord, you never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, I want you to raise your hands. Or two, you served the Lord at one point and you've backslidden. What does that mean? You stopped serving God. You went back to doing whatever you want to do. Or number three, you're not sure if you died right now, you go to heaven or hell. There's a hell to shun. There's a heaven to gain. And you do that by calling upon the name of the Lord. I see that hand. God bless you. So right now, if that's you, you find yourself in any of those, I want you to raise your hand. We're going to pray together. And we're going to enter in. Anybody else? You want God to do something different in your life. You want your life to change. You can't do it on your own. I see that hand. God bless you. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray with me. See, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me brand new. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a hunger for your word. Give me a passion for telling others about you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being my Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. We seal that now in Jesus' name. So if you prayed that prayer and you were an unbeliever before, right now you're a believer just like any other believer who's been a believer all their lives. You're a believer. Now you need the Holy Ghost. If you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you say, you know, I, I, I want that gift. I want you to come up. We're going to open up right now. Pastors, ministers, ministry team, evangelists, come. Jim, John, we're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray for you. It is not... You don't have to be part of a club. You don't have to be a special believer. You don't have to be a believer for 30 years. You can, right now, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to come up. We're going to pray with you. It's a gift. You just yield to the Lord and he will fill you. Come on. Don't be afraid. God is going to fill you tonight. God is going to fill you tonight. Hallelujah. It is going to empower you. You'll be clothed with power from your on high. Come on, begin praying. There's more people. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Come on. Be filled in Jesus' name. If you're filled, if, you, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, Come on, pray in your heavenly tongue. Extend your hands. Extend your hands up here. Come on, and pray in the Holy Ghost. We're almost done. Come on, press in. So pour it out. Let your love run over. Here and now. Okay, we got one. Let your glory fill this house. Pour it out. Let your love run over here and now. Let your glory fill this house. 
something tonight hallelujah your life will never be the same once the Lord is on you once you're clothed with him it'll never be the same amen let me pray for you father thank you Lord for your people thank you Lord that we have you 
I pray, Lord, that you continue strengthening those who are filled tonight, Lord, those who gave their lives to you tonight, that you would empower us to do great things for you in Jesus' name. I declare the blessing of God over your life. I declare strength over your life. You are an overcomer by the power of God that is at work in you. Testify in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he turn his countenance towards you. May he give you his grace and his peace in Jesus' name. God bless you. We'll be back here Sunday at 9 a.m. Don't miss it. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.